Hi, I'm Julie Wilkinson and I'm a Chartered Management Accountant and I'm excited to be launching the Build and Exit podcast. This podcast is for business owners and entrepreneurs who are looking to expand their business portfolio by acquisition or at some point in the future want to exit their business. We're going to bring real life stories and experiences of people who have grown by acquisition, who have exited their businesses and other areas of business such as funding and cash flows. So there'll be lots of opportunity to learn different areas of business and how you can, in the end, transition your business from a lifestyle to an asset. So look forward to seeing you soon. Hi, and welcome to the Build and Exit podcast. I'm Julie Wilkinson, and I own Wilkinson Accounting Solutions. Um, I started the Build and Exit podcast because we help our clients with um, buying and selling businesses. And I felt there was a bit of a gap in the market about what the knowledge was around uh, valuation. So we wanted to give like top tips to buyers how to effectively transition their business from an owner lifestyle to an asset. So really great thanks to our listeners. We've had some great people on our show. Um, and I'm really excited today to announce that we have Cam Corsing. Cam is a financial planner uh, and is the owner of KKS Wealth Management um, and has worked in banking for 15 years and uh, transitioned to her own financial planning business four years ago and has also introduced FTSE 100, which which means her advice is guaranteed and she also has a lot of access to um, the funding, you know, the funding and solutions available. Um, So I think this is going to be a really interesting topic for our listeners because, you know, at the end of the day, people selling businesses want to know what to do with their money post-sale and also maybe acquirers that are looking to buy, like what should they be considering in their sort of financial planning journey? So nice to have you, Cam. Lovely to be on, Julie. Thank you for asking me to join. That's all right. And I suppose the next stage is whole hand over to you and you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So you said it all there when you introduced me. So I've got a banking background in finance. I did step away from that for a couple of years just to explore my entrepreneurial side. Um, And for anyone who's listening who works in finance, typically you kind of get stuck into the mode of always being a banker or working in that finance industry and you've got the blinkers on. So I did lots of different things in that period of time, renovated property, worked in a lobbying company, worked for an architect firm and on and on it went. And it brought me back to finance and it was really about retraining and giving something back to other people so that they can actually grow their wealth and actually know more about tax efficient incomes and having small businesses and how they can really maximize what they're doing. That sounds great. So, you know, a tagline I think you've helped where you said over 50 businesses sort of plan and implement their investment journey, which is obviously a good number. Um, So I'm sure you've got lots of advice. So one thing I want to look at today is initially started off, why is it important, do you think, for a business owner to think about their financial planning, especially if they're going to exit a business? So I think it's really important because along your journey, if, you know, typically if you've got family and you've got a partner, there might be things that you want to do for your family. And having those discussions before you bring a financial planner on board and exploring an area that you've never been able to explore because all of a sudden you're going to have this amazing influx of cash is it will take a long period of time how much gifting would you like to do how much would you gift typically to your partner will your estate grow in value could there be inheritance tax issues so i'd say about a year before 
the actual exit, you should really think about having a chat with someone and also just exploring those internal conversations at home too. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people that we see through the acquisition journey might say, oh, well, I was going to sell it to my, I always thought I'd sell it to my family, but actually when they had the conversations with the children, the children didn't end up wanting to buy it. And that kind of forced a bit of an outside sale. So maybe that was a bit rushed. Are they the sorts of conversations you're talking about? Sort of, you know, are people interested in buying it internally first at home? So so there are those conversations about a management buyout and as opposed to having the children buy buy the business and how old are the children are they in a position that they can buy the business is the business partner happy happy with that um so those conversations would happen way before and i guess you could bring the financial planner on that journey as well because there's a lot in terms of mentoring that we do and there's a lot in terms of the exposure questions that we might bring to the table if you've got a business partner and there might be some awkward conversation like that for example if you're the one with the children who could buy the business um that you might not have touched on so certainly as early as possible in the journey but definitely a year before you actually see it come to fruition yeah that's an interesting concept isn't it so do you think you know like when people go into partnership with other people you know and they have a limited company and let's just say they go 50 50 i mean most people if you speak to solicitors, they wouldn't advise a 50-50 split because if you can't make a decision together, you can come to deadlock. So I actually wonder whether potentially these are conversations that maybe business partners should be thinking about right at the beginning of their journey um, to see like what would happen at the point, you know, if anything did happen, like should they have anything in their articles or something for decision making? Oh, definitely. And the younger um, startup businesses that I see, they already come into it with that idea. And they see that one business as one branch on that tree and that there might be several other businesses where it grows into a different space. So I think, you know, like going back 30 years and looking at those businesses, it might have been just a case of plodding along and seeing it grow and hopefully giving it life. And, you know, it comes into its own space and then completely forgetting about actually what we actually what are we going to do on the exit the exit is also its own fantastic space because a new life and a new door opens it's not just the end of the business it actually opens up a new dynamic entirely and there should be you know you should be quite excited about that rather than feeling like that chapter is completely going to be dead and closed yeah and I, I you know we all talk about especially in the acquisition space like how sellers don't often get what they want for the business because they haven't maximized the the sale value so that's one element of it but i suppose as people are going along their business journey, they might be cash within the business that they can invest as they go along. Because a lot of people, you know, just draw it out as dividends and then give themselves a high remuneration for um, rewarding themselves for working in this business. But the problem is, if you're only taking a salary, maybe you're not creating wealth, like long-term wealth. You know, is that something that you also help people with, like thinking across their business journey, like how they can invest money as they go along? Oh, absolutely. And a lot of the time that I've had clients come on board, it's because I've advised them on a personal basis about their own investments, their own protection or inheritance or estate planning, whatever it might be. And then the business comes into it as well. And then we start exploring that. What can the business do for me? What you know, the big one is it can pay our retirement plans, it can pay and if it's a business that's from home, it can and you've got teenage children, it can also pay you know, a salary to to children too, which can then be used, I guess, to support them in college or university, if they are actually working in the business. 
And rather than having cash on a business account, it can hold its own investment as well. So, you know, that life cycle of a business if over 20 years and the cash, if it's always sitting at that 50,000, 100,000 or even more, what it could do with compound interest with the underlay of investment over time is also another magical area that you can think about because it will owe its directors or business owners quite a lot at the end. Yeah, it's a really interesting topic, isn't it? And what do you think then? So let's just say somebody doesn't plan and they come to exit. I mean, what do you think the consequences for people, like if they haven't thought about their um, investment journey and then they sort of sell it and they have all this cash? I mean, what do you think the consequences of not planning it? So the consequences of not planning that journey, and I do have someone at, like that at the moment, and they've brought me on board quite far along and made some decisions about property. And what's happened is they've ended up with quite a lot of assets, illiquid asset in property. And, you know, everybody does property, so I'm not, I'm not knocking it. But handing down that estate and being sort of a bit later on in your own life journey, near a sort of 60, you would start thinking about actually having some assets that more are more liquid that actually you could then hand down to children or gift if you wanted to. Um, so that that's the issue with that. Also, the conversations that you'd have with your partner in terms of the gifts that you would give, the spousal allowance of gifting in between um, partners, that is completely out the window when decisions have already been made and the cash has already got a place to go to. Um, so, you know, backwards looking, we can't do a lot, but forwards looking, we can. And the dreaded D word, I'm going to say divorce, not that I want to bring up to people divorcing, but, you know, how can that impact? Is that something that people should be thinking about? You know, obviously people can be married and there could be the worst case scenario. I mean, is that something you look at in financial planning? Like what happens if worst case scenario happens? Well, absolutely. I mean, there's lots of different financial planner houses and lots of different ways that people or companies will sketch out the journey for their clients. Mine is typically with entrepreneurs. I am an entrepreneur. I come from that space. I've lived it and breathed it. Um, so, and it is very much about holistic advice. I talked about having the blinkers on. You know, I've worked for many years for other companies and been a you know, small cog in a big wheel. And actually you don't work, walk away with, with a lot. So letting people know who have businesses that actually you're part of this, this big engine and you have this ownership and to explore everything in that space is really important. And, you know, it might be that the client wants to st stay on a certain page and only look at a certain area. And a lot of it is about educate, educating the client as well, so that we're looking at everything holistically. We look at the whole family. We look at the teenagers. We look at, you know, whoever's going to turn 18 next. We look at the relationship as well of the couple and there might be those disposal um those exposure questions that i mentioned before that actually as a couple you can't do they're quite difficult um and that within itself helps a couple who do have some difficulties when it comes to trust around money yeah yeah i mean it's quite a personal thing that you're discussing with people isn't it they obviously have to really trust their financial planner to go into all these sorts of details um i find it fascinating so when someone because obviously we're looking at this from different stages really you know people can invest within their business journey or you know and, and then their exit strategy 
I mean, what do you, what happens if someone has got a financial planner on board, you know, they thought about their business exit, once they exit, I mean, does the journey stop or do they carry on with their investment journeys? So, so that's just the start. So uh, one chap I'm looking at at the moment, he's selling down a portion of his business. Um, so he's a 50% owner. He's selling 30%, staying on board as an MD in the company. And then after two years, he'll sell the remain, remaining 20%. And so there's all of a sudden another influx of a huge amount of cash, which we need to plan for later on down the line. Bear in mind, he'll be nearer 60 and things will look a little bit different then. And actually, what is going to happen between husband and wife at this point in terms of the cash influx? What gifting is he going to do? Is he thinking more about him and his business as opposed to gifting and thinking about everyone else? Um, so it's just the start, really, of the journey. Yeah. I mean, how often do you kind of have a review so once you start the journey like is it like just like a yearly review or how close do you work with people so typically from the investments that we put in place that's how it covers my advice and I can touch base with my clients some of my clients want to speak to me once every couple of weeks which is fine they might send me a text message I always review my clients though in detail over any structures that we've put in place at least once a year it could be semi-annual for someone who has quite a lot in place. And like I say, it could even be quarterly depending on what they want. And that covers my time with the set advice fees. Yeah. And then, you know, I suppose it really relates to acquirers buying businesses because, you know, I, I wonder whether some people just think, oh, I've got money, I want to, you know, because business, buying business is pretty hot at the minute, you know, topic. And if people have got money, they might just think, oh, I just want to buy a business. But I wonder actually, is it worth consulting a financial planner before you decide what to do with your money if you've got equity to invest? Because actually, buying the business might not be the only option. They might think it is an option because they've heard it, but it might not necessarily be the most viable option for them. Oh, absolutely. So we can give them guidance and advice on that business and actually breaking down, you know, what they can't see visually from the conversations that they've had and be on board to support them and give them some guidance and typically working with their accountants really closely as well, like yourself and giving the guidance and advice that you give is second to none. Yeah, yeah, because I know we work, we've worked quite closely on some um, high net worth individuals, haven't we, historically? So, no, I think it's really powerful. And I just think people don't plan money particularly well. I mean, it starts because people don't plan very well in their business in general. So they don't have particularly good budgets and forecasts within a business. So therefore, if they're not even doing it in their business, are they actually doing it in their personal finances as well? Because you have to plan in both scenarios. Really, they both come together, don't they? If you're sort of, I suppose, like a one director business, even though your company's a separate legal entity, I suppose, in your in the end, it's kind of like joint because you know a value at the end that you want to get from it. Absolutely. And so, you know, having both financial planner and accountant, especially if they work well together, we're the dream team, aren't we, Julie? We um, are the dream team. Um, you know, working together to really get you to that place that you want to be. You know, you've put in all your effort into this business and bought this business. And when you exit, you want it to service you and do something for you for the rest of your years. Yeah, because we see, we have quite a lot of people say to us, oh, you know, I want to exit maybe in five years. And when we have the conversations about, well, what do you think the business will be worth in five years? They don't know because they haven't generally forecasted. So I suppose from a financial, your perspective, we'd be like, well, first of all, let's build the plan because obviously 
you need to have some form of business plan in place to know what you where you want it to be because then once you know what it wants to be worth then you can know how to then invest that money at the back end absolutely and i use an analytical tool all along the journey as well and sometimes i'll bring the business into it typically it's for the personal income and finance just to see where the gaps fall um, but then we can stimulate the business in other ways if there's areas of income lost on a personal basis. So, you know, like protection policies or something like that. Maybe we can run them from the business and that's a better option at the moment. I mean, everybody's struggling with liquidity right now with inflation through the roof and interest rates. Um, so, you know, planning is really key. And if it's something and I think typically it's something people like to avoid. Once you've done a, your day's work, you don't want you don't want to go home and then start a spreadsheet. Um, and having a mentor, you know, some guidance, some mentoring, some coaching around that, and some direction, and someone who's going to make you accountable is really important. Yeah, and how important is it for people sort of just day to day spending? I mean, is that something you ever cover? Like maybe they're flitting away money that they could possibly be investing and haven't ever really thought about it. Is that, do you sometimes cover like that sort of thing? Oh, absolutely. And so, you know, we've advised recommendations and that's what I'm doing. I'm giving advice and it's guaranteed. So, you know, I could never say to someone, oh, having looked at their expenditure, this is how much you need to invest. And actually it puts them in a place where they can't afford to live. Or it may well be that when we look at the expenditure and we actually have it on the Excel spreadsheet, they all of a sudden realise that they're paying 10 times as much for their car lease as anything else and then feel like yeah. a ridiculous amount of cash to be having you know going out the window and how can we better better structure their finances yeah i suppose just things like i know from my own experience working like you know they might they might have been paying for like life insurance for instance themselves personally and actually they might be able to then consolidate that with some form of insurance in the business and things like that um so sometimes it can be it can be little things that they can do but obviously that's like like a quite a small amount but um we see those types of things as well and also sort of just touching on the protection piece this can be a really difficult area because no one ever thinks oh my partner business partner's going to pass away and actually what i might end up with if i don't have key person insurance in place or we don't or the business doesn't have it for either of us is they could end up in partnership with someone that they don't have any relationship with, which is their business partner's partner or, or wife or husband or whoever it might be. Um, and that can become a very difficult and contentious scenario. Yeah, I have literally just put, we put key personnel insurance cover in this year um, for our business because it's just such a risk. But people don't think about these sort of intricate sort of things I, I know just even when people set up companies together they often don't think about the risks of the long term you know because they don't like it because when you first set up the business it's all kind of happy isn't it it's exciting you set a business up you just want to make it grow and a lot of people don't really think about the back offices that they don't see day to day um so i definitely think it's important uh, for them to be looking at those sorts of things yeah and absolutely and something like that can put a business on its knees um, you know, overnight, quite literally, and really turn things around. And, you know, when we think about protection, we always think we're paying money out of the door and we're actually not seeing anything tangible for it. We're not realising anything for it, but you are, you know, you're giving the risk away of your life to a company who will then pay your loved ones or your business partner to actually replace you in, um, you know, in your baby, which is what a business is for a lot of people. It's their dream. Yeah. So, so, you know, if someone comes to you and, you know, wants to look at financial planning, what kind, what's the journey you kind of go on with them? What, what happens? 
So the journey is that I, I love working with my clients. I'm really lucky everybody that I have as clients I've got on with really well and we have synergy. And so what I do is give up three hours of my time free um, to explore this, that can we get on? It is a long-term journey. Um, so the first one's really to find out about them, their objectives, their goals, their hopes, their dreams. We do an hour of that. Then it will be factual. We'll get everything down on paper where they're at now in terms of things like expenditure that I mentioned. The business, I'll capture something on profits and in the business as well, net profits, um, where the business is going. Are they bringing me on board now in terms of the exit strategy or if indeed they're acquiring a business or looking at a new startup? Um, so we do all that in another hour or maybe two. And then between those two things, I can sort of see the main gaps and I'll call out the first gap for me. That's on my agenda as a financial planner to say, look, I think this is really important. We should capture this now. And I'll make a recommendation around that. And they can take that recommendation away, have a think about it and then come back and say, hey or nay. And if it's a nay, we shake hands and we, you know, go our separate ways. And if it's a yes, then we start the journey from there. Um, and then in the following months, there might be another gap that I've seen. And I might introduce that as well to say, now that you're comfortable and now that you know who I am and now that you are more familiar with the FTSE 100 and the platform and how the arrangement is, maybe we need to start looking at this as well. And so that will continue. Yeah. And is there... A minimal level of investment you would recommend someone starts at? You know, do they have to have a certain level of capital for this journey or? Not really. I've invested people who have just got maybe just their children's gyces and sort of the old CTFs that, you know, like 15, 16 years ago that you'd get um, for a child and started from there. And then mum's looked at entrepreneur journey and then she started her own business. And then we've started to stimulate, you know, just her ices and things like that. And then it's gone from that point up to you know, some protection in the business, some retirement planning, and onto like a more, I'd say, advanced stage of looking at maybe EISs and BCTs and much more complicated, you know, tax efficient investment solutions. Yeah. And then coming from a bit of a different angle, because I mean, with the cost of living crisis and things now, I suppose, how do, how can employers help their staff maybe with financial planning? Are you seeing like a bit of an turn in this sort of area? Is it something businesses are doing? Definitely. I think they, they're more worried about, I guess, the mental health of their, of their staff and keeping good staff on board. And so what can I do for them to help them on their financial planning journey? They might not be a business owner. They might just stand with me throughout the life of my business. So bringing, bringing a financial planner or wealth manager or financial advisor on board in-house just to have a surgery with their employees to say, you know, and, you know, going through like a quick version, if you like, of the three hour doing some, you know, objectives and goals and then some factual content and then seeing if they actually indeed need to financially plan their own lives, I think is really important. Um, there's other benefits that you can put in place as well to help your employees too. But as an employer, then we'd have that discussion of what, what it is that they want to pursue or in a very rounded way, you know, what has all the employees spoke about? You know, they're very worried about retirement, not having enough when they leave the business for their own retirement. Is it, you know, uh, bonuses are not enough? 
Is it that they feel that their protection is not quite right? It doesn't reflect, you know, the value of what their partner might lose if they were to pass away. So then we can always go back to the employer just to relay that information so that they brings them into that space that ordinarily they won't be aware of. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a really important topic. I don't... I think I hear more and more about it, but I think what we're saying is although financial planning is important for the business owner, it's something they could potentially think about just from the from the employees and in and, and internal stakeholders anyway as, as in general. There's a lot to think about, isn't there? And I do think it's an area that is really important for people because obviously people get a lot of money from these businesses when they're selling them. And um I see it myself. I mean, I've done some acquisitions and I've seen clients that have a massive amount of money in the bank i mean i don't even think people know i mean i i believe not that i'm an expert in financial planning but something like if a bank folded i think you're only secured up to something like 80 percent, isn't it of the money that's in the bank so you're you're secured up under the financial services compensation scheme up to eighty-five thousand pounds so that oh. when it says a bonus for working with a financial planner and having like for me having the FTSE 100 gives my clients the access into this portal of all these different investments you know under mortgages investments protection and so something like that we have flagstone they are a portal and actually if you've got more than eighty-five thousand on account it could be protected up to the whole amount because they yeah. will use different structures that have no relationship to each other yeah yeah so you know because I, I, I see people with having hundreds and thousands of pounds sitting in the bank and it's like this i think there's sometimes quite a big risk that they haven't investigated because they've never really considered what else could they do with the money um which is the whole um, point of this conversation really yeah so interest rates you know and cash value don't know how long it's going to last but is in their favor so a portal like that you know you could return four percent up to five percent on your money and not have to take any investment risk as well yeah oh well thanks so much cam we're coming to the end of the podcast now so it's been really great having you i just want to say for all of our listeners that we're so um as this point this is episode 11 i think today we've had nearly 800 downloads so it's been we've had some great feedback um if there's any episode content that people want you know they can just drop me a message or comment on the on the platforms but just remember because i get a lot of messages um but if you can hit the subscribe button or comment or leave us a review on the on the podcast channels it's really useful for us because it helps more listeners find the show so thanks so much um, for listening and thank you to cam for being a guest and we'll see you again soon thank you Judy. so once again thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast i hope you found it useful if you think there's anyone else in your network that might benefit from our podcast then please share it with them either just click the link and send it to them or send it in a facebook group or other social media channel Don't forget to subscribe so other podcasts come to you directly as and when we launch them. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you next time. We've got some really exciting things coming up and we'll see you again soon. 